Good morning, Central Park Baptist Church. Good morning, Central Park Baptist Church. Good morning. How are we doing this morning? We doing okay? Hey, man, we've made it to uh, another uh, first. This is the uh, first Sunday of October 2022. Amen. And so uh, before we begin, we'd like to recognize uh, October Wedding anniversaries, October wedding anniversaries. Do we have anyone who's married in the... Oh, back here. I'm sorry. Hey, man. Okay, we have a couple back here. Wedding anniversaries. Any more wedding anniversaries? What about October birthdays? Anyone born in the month of October? We got one right here. Me? I, oh, okay. Oh, Miss Jerry? Okay, because I was about to say, I, I'm, no, I'm not born in October. Amen. Okay, some of you, if you may not be able to rise, but what we're going to do is we're going to recognize October wedding anniversaries and birthdays by singing to you at this time. Amen. So, Brother Will's warming up over there. And here we go. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. other please make sure to uh recognize our our birthday people and our wedding anniversary people up here all right, all right. amen at this time if you're able to rise we'd like you to join us in singing hymn 610 hymn 610 the joy of the lord hymn 610 
he fills my mouth with laughter. He fills my mouth with laughter. Lord, we are so grateful to be gathered uh, here at church this morning in your house to worship you, Lord, and to put you first in our lives. Uh, be with the preacher this morning and uh, the sermon that he's presenting to us. Uh, let today be the day that uh, someone is lost, that they get found, and that uh, we submit our lives back to you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. I'd like to ask the question, who is on the Lord's side? Hey, man, him 500, him 500. Who is on the Lord's side? Him 500. 500. Sing along. Who is on the Lord's side? Who is on the
Amen. Maybe maybe seated.
Amen and amen. This should be a familiar hymn to all. I have decided to follow Jesus. Hymn 470. be seated. We're awful glad that you came today. Uh, welcome to our service. Well, if you're a visitor here today and you did not receive a visitor card, if you're a first-time visitor here today and you did not receive a visitor card, if you'll slip up your hand right now, our ushers will get you a visitor card right now. Fill that out, if you would. And after the service, out in the foyer, I'll be by the sign that says, Welcome. Amen. And if you bring me your card, I have a gift bag I want to give to you as a thank you for coming and being a part of our service today. Right. Thank you so much for being here. And we do have first-time visitors here uh, today, so amen, more than one. Praise the Lord. And then uh, don't forget, uh, we have a, a ladies' and men's Bible study tomorrow night at 645 uh, here at the church. That's a ladies' and men's Bible study. Again, you do not have to be a church member. You do not have to be a member of Central Park Baptist Church to attend these Bible studies. Amen? They're for everyone. Amen? So they're at 645, and dinner will be served. It's a Mexican dish. Ta-da! And so uh, uh, they'll, uh, if you've got a Mexican hat dance you want to do, just let preacher know. He'll make sure that gets taken care of. Amen? This next Saturday, we'll be having a yard sale, a church-wide yard sale. Uh, if you haven't signed up on the bulletin board to help, there are dates to set up. Uh, there's dates to price. There's dates to clean up. There's dates for just about everything. If you will sign up for that, we'd appreciate that. All donations can be brought to the Fellowship Hall and left there. And the latest they need to be here is Wednesday night, right? Wednesday night. All right. If you can get them here before then, that'd be wonderful. Amen. All right, don't forget our missions conference is coming up. Our missions conference will be uh, starting very soon, uh, and <coughs> October 12th through 16th. 
and I'm excited about that. Uh, it's faith promise. Right. Faith promise is where you go to God, and you ask God, what would you like me to give to missions in the year 2022 and 2023? And then God will lead you to what to give. And then he provides for you by faith what he's told you to give. It's not a matter of making a commitment about what you can afford or what you can't afford. I have never been able to afford to do anything. When I got married, they said, well, save up until you can afford to get married. If I would have saved up until I afford to get married, I'd still be single. Then they said, have children until you can afford to have them. I've never been able to afford children. Now I've got grandchildren. I can't afford them either. Amen. So it's not a matter of what we can afford. It's what God's placed on your heart. And that comes through prayer. And I want to encourage you to be praying for what God's doing in your heart, in your life, to help bring the gospel message around the world. That's what missions is. It's bringing the gospel message around the world. And I sure hope that you're going to be with us the 12th through the 16th. Now, on on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, we will be serving a meal to everybody that wants to to come. The meal will be at 530 in the evening. Pastor, you come. Amen. Please, uh, for the garage sale, let me encourage you. If you're gonna, we need some help to help clean up that day once it's over. Amen. Amen. <laughs> okay, I'm looking to see who's out here to take a mental note. You know, it's in, it's a steel trap up here. <laughs> nothing gets in, nothing gets out. Uh, but we do need some help, so please. Uh, uh, that's the tough part. So uh, we, if you please stick around and help us with that. Uh, that way, Miss White doesn't have to do it all by herself. <laughs> so you get the gist of that. But please, but please help us with that. Also, one other thing is on our Faith Promise missions coming up uh, next Sunday. There's all kinds of material out here. There's a, a booklet that has a schedule on it. It has the speakers on it uh, by a, a small bio of each uh, preacher. Uh, it lets you know about the uh, the meals when they're going to be served. There's a sign-up sheet for help with that as well. Uh, but everything is in this booklet, okay, that if you would pick one of those up, then you'll, uh, you know, it, it's, it's right here. So pick one of those up. Also about Faith Promise Missions, we have a little pamphlet that tells you some about what Faith Promise Missions is all about. Uh, if you have questions about that, then be here next Sunday morning. Uh, for Sunday school at 9.30 because our adult teachers are going to teach a lesson on faith promise missions. They didn't know that till now, but now they know. Amen? And uh, so, uh, but uh, uh, teachers, if you adult teachers, if y'all help me with that, that would be awesome because uh, faith promise missions is a biblical principle, biblical concept. Amen? Amen. 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 Good. So, uh, but, but please pick these up. Be here next week, and if you have questions, you'll be able to uh, be able to ask teachers about that. Okay. Well, let's have a good offering today. Amen. 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 Good. Amen. Let's have a good offering this morning. Amen. 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 And uh, you know, this goes for the furtherance of the cause of Christ. One thing that we give for is so that people can come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. We had two saved last Sunday after service was over, and uh, that's what it's all about, amen? People. We are in the people business, and uh, we can't reach them without, uh, without your willingness to be involved in God's plan of tithes and offerings, amen?
And uh, so that's how we get f things like flags that we can hang up and represent the countries where we have missionaries. That's how we drive our vehicles to pick up our kids. That's how we have air conditioner in the summer and heat in the winter. Amen. And padded pews so you can sit on and, uh, you know, all that good stuff. So let's have a good offering. Amen. Amen. Father, help us, Lord, today. I'm thankful, Lord, that you said to give, and it shall be given unto you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. God, the way we give, you said, Lord, that you'll give it back. If we give to you grudgingly, Lord, then we limit the, the hands of God in our life. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd please touch the hearts of our people. Help us, Lord, to have a good offering today. And God, I pray that you'd be with us in faith, promise, missions, Lord. Help us to finish strong uh, this year. But God, I pray that you'd challenge our hearts even now, even before the missionaries come to preach and challenge us, Lord, uh, here in this place, here in, in the next two weeks. So Lord, watch over us. Bless us, Lord, today. And we give you praise and give, give you glory and honor for it all because it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you have an offering, you please come. We'd like for you to join us in singing hymn 632. Hymn 632. dismissed for junior church fifth grade and under now dismissed for junior church the korean ministry is also now dismissed at this time amen verse number three well might the sun in darkness hot and shut it for reason when christ the mighty maker died for man the 
my blushing face while his dear cross appears. This of my heart and thankfulness and not mine eyes to tears. He loves me, he loves me, he loves me, this I know. about the judgment seat of Christ. If you're a born-again Christian, someday we will be held accountable for what we did and what we didn't do down here on earth. And so this song is a little bit about that.
Amen. Good song. Amen. I appreciate our folks involved in our choir and our music. And you know, they do an excellent job. They sing big. Amen. And I appreciate that. And if, let me encourage you. If you would like to be a part of the choir, come at one. Uh, and let me say that there's no convenient time to be involved in ministry. And no matter what part it is, it's never going to be convenient. And and uh, so let me encourage you, if you'd like to be involved in our choir, please. That's where our special music comes from. Yep. Uh, for, because it, if folks are willing to do the work here, then they, they can, they don't, I don't mind them being out here. You know, it's not for a show. It's not for, you know, look at me kind of thing. And so I, I appreciate our people. They come, they put in the time, and, uh, and I appreciate that. They do an excellent job. And so I want to encourage you, if you want to sing and be a part of that and give your time, uh, then you come at 1 o'clock. Amen? There's room. And if we, fill out, if we run out of chairs, we'll put some more up there. And if we get to where there's too many people for chairs, we'll do away with chairs and we'll just come out here and sing and, and then we'll go down. Amen? Y'all, Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to... Uh, go back to our uh, the the messages that I've been preaching on God's plan for the family. Um, I know our our mission conference is coming up, and those preachers are going to do an excellent job uh, to help us and challenge us on that. And, but I think that the family is in trouble today, and uh, so I want to try to uh, continue the uh, the series to try to help. Everyone. Now, it, it, you say, well, I'm not married, or my spouse is no longer with me, or, you know, they've passed away. Listen, there's something in, in here for all of us. Amen. Amen. And so uh, if you'll listen with a spiritual ear, you'll get something. Amen. amen. So if you found your place in Ephesians chapter 4, say amen. amen. We're going to begin in verse 17, and we'll read down through verse 32. It says, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk, in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, believing alienate, uh, being alienated uh, from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over to, uh, unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. But ye have not so learned Christ. If so, be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that ye put off concerning the former conversation or the former living, uh, the old man which is uh, corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, uh, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Now, how do you be renewed in the spirit of your mind? Right here, through the word of God. Um, so it said, verse 24 says, and that ye put on the new man. How's that salvation, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, 
putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good, that he may have, have to give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace to the hearers. Kind of like my mom said, if you don't have anything good to say about somebody, no, she didn't say it like nice. She just said, keep your mouth shut. I mean, that, that's what she said. Um, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor, evil speaking, be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Father, help us this morning. And uh, Lord, I, uh, I, you've given me the message, Lord, and I've even tried to move away from it this week to preach, preach something else. And but Lord, you brought me back to this. And so, Lord, I pray that God, that you'd please help me to uh, preach it through the filling of your spirit and God that we will listen not to me but listen to uh, the spirit of God that's here today Lord and and help us to understand God what you're trying to tell us Lord today and I give you praise bless the reading of your word in Jesus name amen you may be seated I read where a man once said he goes me and my wife of 20 years we have very little in common he said I'm a big city boy and she's a small town girl I like spicy food, she doesn't. He said, I like movies with action and drama, and she likes romance and comedy. Nothing in common. Yet we are deeply in love, and it just goes to show you, you don't get harmony when everyone sings the same note. Right. Amen. Amen, I thought that was pretty good. In marriage, not just some marriages, but in every marriage, there's going to be conflict. And we can all say, amen. amen. Uh, and there's some basic reasons for that conflict, and I've just named a few. The first is pretty obvious, and that's, and I've told couples this for years, that, uh, that, you, that there's two different people, and they're all coming together, you know, with all their differences into the same space, and they're living together 24-7. Um, there's going to be conflict. Uh, but our goal is not to eliminate the conflict. Listen, we can't do that. We'll never be able to eliminate conflict. Are, are y'all still here? Say amen. It's impossible. But our goal is to uh, be able to learn to live with it in a, in a godly fashion and be able to handle it. And we'll get to that. The second reason for conflict in marriage is because we're all imperfect. Now, y'all should have all said amen. We're all imperfect. Amen. And we bring those imperfections into the relationship. Nowhere does the Bible teach that when we get saved and we receive forgiveness for our sins, that, oh, listen, that our future sins are going to disappear. That's not in here. That's not in Scripture because we're in this flesh and we can all say amen. We, you know, even though we've been given a new nature, the old nature doesn't disappear and go away. In fact, the old nature probably fights harder than it's ever fought because it wants to stay alive. Uh, and so for the rest of our lives, these two natures are going to they're going to, uh, to collide and conflict within our marriage. There's a little point that said two natures 
beat within my breast. The one is foul, the other blessed. The one I love, the one I hate, the one I feed will dominate. That's pretty, that's pretty good, pretty simple. Listen, if we don't feed our new nature, which comes from the, listen, which comes uh, from uh, uh, our new birth, then the old nature is going to always rise up, cause conflict, and have free reign over that new nature. We've got to learn to feed the new nature that we've been given through the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Imperfections are still a part of us. No one is perfect. There's only one perfect person that's ever walked the face of this planet and they crucified him. And, 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 and Amen. Uh, but, uh, but we're all imperfect. But even after trusting Jesus Christ as our Savior, but through his life in us, listen, those imperfections can remain under the control of the Holy Spirit of God. Uh, another reason for conflict in the marriage is because we're self-centered. Right. Amen. Amen. I mean, we may not like to admit it, but it's true. We're all selfish. Yes, sir, we are. Amen. Amen. The natural inclination of every human being is to look out for number one, self-preservation kind of thing. When, I mean, when we use the words my, we, we do so to describe something good about the marriage. But when we use the, the little word your, then we're describing something bad that they did in the marriage. Y'all follow me? Y'all still with me? I mean, because it's never our fault. You know why? Because we're selfish. One wife said this. She said, when I married Mr. Wright, I didn't realize his middle name was always. <laughs> Amen. James chapter 4, verse 1 and 2, it says, From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence even of your lust that war in your members? Ye lust and have not, ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye fight and war, yet ye have not because ye ask not. Now I want you to get this. Lust and desire do not have to refer always to sexual urges. Amen. But we can lust and desire to be right. We can lust and desire to have our own way. We can lust and desire to be the authority. Amen. Listen, but the secret to success is not the absence of conflict, but the ability to manage and resolve the conflict. Amen. I found this little story, and I thought this was good. We're talking about managing conflict. It's, it's like the elephant and the chicken. They were locked in a room together. The chicken went up to the elephant. He said, now listen, let's get one thing straight. He said, if we're going to be locked in this room together, there's got to be some rules. And rule number one is we can't be stepping on one another. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Folks, in marriage, we cannot be stepping on one another. Amen. And and, and in fact, even here in the body of Christ, let's just bring it down to where we are. We cannot be stepping on one another. We're not here to have a, a, you know, a big I and a little you. We're here in this together. We're in the people business. We're here to see souls come to to, to the uh, saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and we're here to see people grow and mature in their relationship with God. And, and when we're doing that, there can be no place to put someone down or step on somebody else that is our brother and sister in the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Amen. And in marriage, there's always going to be conflict, but we've got to learn to uh, to control that conflict. And four areas of conflict in marriage always been the same. It's money, sex, communication, and children. But the reality of this is, watch, people get divorced because of things a whole lot smaller and more insignificant than those. Things like squeezing the toothpaste from the end instead of the middle. Amen? Things like leaving towels on the bathroom floor when you ought to throw them in the hamper. My wife told me that just the other day. She said it's okay to put the clothes in the hamper and not beside it. And I said, well, I don't want to mess up your, your organizing skills, you know, and you got them all set up. I thought, I looked in the basket, I saw all the whites in there, and I thought, man, she's getting ready for laundry, so the best thing for me to do is put them beside it. And, and I put them there in a nice, neat pile. That's right, that's right. Come on, men, say amen, don't be chicken, amen. Um, they divorce, you know, things like putting an empty milk container back in the fridge. Little things. Like broccoli. Yeah, I can just leave that right there. Taking over, you know, the remote control. I, my wife, I asked her the other day, and I said, hey, uh, you know, can, I don't know, I need to record that. And, and, and I said, how do you record that? And she said, I don't know. I haven't touched that remote control in months. And I said, that's right. Don't you forget it. And then I gave her the remote control so she could set up something to record. But it was only after my permission. Come on, you guys are just a bunch of sissies back here. Y'all not going to help. Amen. Yeah, she's upstairs. Amen. Um, but listen, nobody gets divorced over trivial issues. They get divorced because couples uh, didn't handle the issue when it was small. Uh, and they allow it to grow and fester into bitterness and resentment. You say, well, preacher, what's the key to managing conflict? Well, whether it be in marriage or even in a church family, the key is found right here in Ephesians 4, and the key is forgiveness. Come on, say amen. Josh McDowell wrote this. He said, the key to living with another person in an intimate relationship for 40-plus years is the ability to forgive. Forgiveness is the oil of relationships. An unforgiving partner in a marriage destroys the possibility of the potential of that marriage and of any intimacy in marriage. Forgiveness. You don't see very many people today married up 40 plus years. Or even 35 plus years. How many, let's do a little survey. How many of you here this morning have been married 35 plus years? Raise your hand. Well, praise the Lord. Okay. How many, 25 to 35? Amen. How many, 15 to 25? How many, up, up zero to 15? Amen. Men a lot, all over. And some of you are still looking. Where's Brother Wooji? Oh, he's in here preaching. I was going to give him a hard time. Forgiveness, that the oil of a relationship. Forgiveness is a strategy, and we've been talking about uh, uh, success strategies in a relationship, and, and the one we're going to talk about this morning is forgiveness, and I've got to move on. 
And if you look in Ephesians 4, Paul here is writing to a new group of Christian believers who had come to Christ out of a pagan culture. And forgiveness was not the norm for these people. I mean, the norm for them was vengeance, retaliation, anger. And by the way, that's the, that is the, the temperature of our society today. It's one of vengeance. It's one of retaliation and of anger. I've never seen it more so than ever before today. Listen, it's more, there's more anger. Listen, people road rage and people getting shot. Over things like that. Anger. Uh, and Paul's talking to these people that, and trying to teach them about a better way. And, and, and the way is that of forgiveness. And, and, and the, the heart of this passage is here in verse 32. And, and, and I want you to look at it and see it. It says, And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. So I want you to see the atmosphere of forgiveness. Look back in verse 31. Forgiveness cannot happen in an atmosphere where there's bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking, listen, uh, a malice. Any, where these are alive and well, forgiveness cannot survive. And I'm not talking about just in a marriage, but I'm also talking about, uh, about a church as well. Come on, y'all say Amen. Listen, these habits must be put away. There's no place at Central Park Baptist Church, and I'm here just to let you know today, where there's no place here in this place for an unforgiving spirit. Amen. Listen, there are sins that break fellowship and destroy relationships. They weaken the church. Amen. And when we allow disagreements and conflict to go unchecked, unresolved, watch this now, they begin to, they begin to pollute the atmosphere that we live in and they even pollute the atmosphere of worship. Listen, if I have something wrong with my brother in Christ and I need to go get that right because we, listen, I don't want uh, this uh, this conflict uh, uh, to hurt our relationship with one another, but I do not want it to pollute our atmosphere of worship today. Listen, uh, there ought to be not anybody here that sits on this side because so-and-so is sitting here over here on this side. Hey, man, listen, I, I used to tell people, I am a click buster. You know what a click is, don't you? Where people just hang out with this little group because they're, they're too good to hang out with that little group. Listen, if I see a click at Central Park Baptist Church, I'm joining. You know why? Because I'm going to join it so that I can just bust it up because they don't have a place here at Central Park. Well, it's the same way with conflict. Well, it got quiet. How come we can't say amen to that just like we said to a click? Listen, conflict is even more dangerous to the atmosphere of worship than any kind of a clique in a church. It pollutes it. And forgiveness is the only thing that can break the cycle of fleshly attitudes. Listen, when when there's conflict, listen, it's selfish. You know why we've made it about me? Oh, preacher, I can't. Now, watch, watch, I can't. I can't come to the altar. You know, I'm just not listening. You know what you've done? You've made it about you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, preacher, I can't sing in the choir because people look at me. Guess what? You've made it about you. Yeah. 
Listen, anytime we bring that into the atmosphere of the church and we can't do something because then we have become, we've made it about me and it's selfish. And it causes conflict. And Paul tells us to put away all those things that are there and, and, and so that we can have the right atmosphere so forgiveness can thrive. Forgiveness ought to thrive. Amen. Amen. Look at the attitude of forgiveness. Look in verse 32. The attitude of forgiveness can be summed up in one word, and it's here in verse 32, and it's the word tenderhearted. Now, I've already, I've already my, you know, your brain just goes a lot of different ways. People say, man, is there something going on? No, there's nothing going on. I mean, is there a conflict in the church? No, there's not. But I don't want there to be. You say, well, then why are you preaching on this? It was next. Amen. And God told me to. I mean, I've got three sermons on my desk. And I thought, man, Lord, this, this is a barn burner. I sure would like to preach this Sunday right before the mission conference. And you know what he said? Nah, don't think so. So I'd rather do what he said and stay out of trouble. So we're talking about forgiveness. We're talking about being tenderhearted, the attitude of forgiveness. Forgiveness needs to be done, excuse me, it must be done with tenderness. Not this attitude. Well, whatever it is that I did to you, would you forgive me? Now, now wait a minute. That's not the right attitude. Come on, we can say amen. Really? I mean, uh, that's a lot of sincerity in that. Listen, when there's an edge in your voice, tenderness is gone. True forgiveness often means tears. It almost always means gentle, soft words of humility. I'll give you two really good examples. You remember Stephen as they, as Paul or Saul at that time was holding the coat, a young man just holding the coats of those throwing the rocks. Amen. Because he was preaching the gospel and they hated him for it. And so now here they are and they're stoning him to death. You remember what he said? He said, watch, he said, Father, forgive them. Lay not this to their charge. Listen, he was sincere. And they're stoning the life out of him. That's the kind of attitude we ought to have. Well, there's even one better. The Lord Jesus Christ himself. I mean, after they've beaten him after death, after they have pulled a beard from his face, after they... Um, beaten. Listen, I'm not talking about just the beating with the cat of nine tails. They beat him in the head till you couldn't hardly tell he was a man. I mean, with the reed, read it. It's in there. Listen, they beat him. They, I, the devil tried to kill him before he ever got to the cross. But no, you know what? His the will of the Father was for him to go to the cross. So guess what? That's where he was going. Well, why did he do that? He did that for you and for me. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. And he came to die to rescue a sinner like me and like you. He went to the cross for that. And they nailed him to the cross. They laid that cross out on the ground and and they laid him out there. and, And just before they drove the nails in his hands and in his feet, a Roman soldier just took and dove with a, with a knee right into his side and knocked all of the wind out of him. Just took his... Have you ever had the wind knocked out of you? 
Listen, I'm telling you, that is the weirdest feeling. You just, there's no matter what you can do, it seems like you'll never get your breath. That's exactly what the Roman soldier did. And while he stretched out, gasping for breath, they nailed him to the cross. And then they took the cross, they stood it up, and they dropped it into a hole, probably about five feet deep, and it just took a big thud when it hit the bottom. Yep. And then when he hung there on the cross, you remember what he said? Father, yeah, that's the attitude. Listen, I'm, I'm here to let you know that it, the right attitude of, of forgiveness is tenderness, compassion, and humility. You know, when couples first get married, their hearts are all tender and pliable. Y'all think back. You guys have been married a while. I mean, you're you're just tender toward one another. It's all that mushy stuff. It, you know, by the way, it's okay to be mushy after you've been married 35 years. Amen. I am. Amen. It's okay. You know, come on, y'all say okay, men. You can still be a man and be mushy. Amen. It probably takes more of a man to be mushy than those who are not real men. Come on, y'all say amen. Man, y'all are making me nervous. Man. <laughs> when we first got married, we all, watch, let me go back. Y'all got me all frazzled now. Your hearts are tender and pliable. During courtship, watch the dating process. I mean, you did your best to put your best foot forward. And, and if you did anything wrong, you were always quick to, to correct your mistake. Oh, I'm sorry. Please don't be mad. Oh, please. I mean, you call them back on the phone. Listen, you remember the day when you called one another up on the phone and, and you were on the phone for 45 minutes and you probably only talked about five and the rest of the 40 minutes, you just listen to one another breathe. Are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Yeah. I mean, um, we were quick to resolve conflict. But if we're not careful through neglect, the tenderness toward one another, it starts to disappear. I mean, if that happens, we get tired of asking for forgiveness. We get tired of uh, extending forgiveness. We get busy. Any of y'all not busy? No. I mean, we're rushed. And we just don't stop and take the time to deal with conflicts when they take place. We just kind of sweep them under the rug and then hope that they'll just go away. But listen, they do not just go away. And folks, it's the same way with our relationship toward one another, but most of all toward the Lord Jesus Christ. We can't just sweep our sin under the rug. Listen, if you have a conflict with your wife or, or with a loved one, get it right. Amen. Come on, get it right. Amen. Don't, don't put it off. Get it right. The Bible says, let not the sun go down on your wrath. Listen, that don't just apply to a marriage relationship. That applies to, uh, uh, to the people that we care about and those whom we worship with. Listen, get it right. Amen. Yeah. I mean, we can't sweep it under the rug. We can't just take the attitude of thinking it'll, you know, it'll just go away and be. Our, listen, I, I dealt with things like that early in my ministry, and I kept thinking, oh, it'll just go away. Well, I'm here to let you know it does not just go away. 
It gets worse. It grows. Listen, unresolved conflict and sin will separate you. Uh, it'll pollute your relationship with one another and with the Lord. And so we've got to stay focused on being tenderhearted. Are y'all still here? Say amen. I mean, and men, it's okay for you and me as well to be tenderhearted. We live in a world where, I mean, listen, it's hard. You've calloused. You, You follow me? Listen, it, we, it's a hard and callous world today. And, and men, you know, that, that try to be men, listen, they're men in the wrong way. Yeah, right. Right. It's like, man, we just, we want to step up and say, yeah, I'm the man. Well, no, wait a minute. The Bible says to me, if you're the right kind of man, you'll be tenderhearted. Yeah. Uh, you'll treat your spouse with respect yeah, yeah, right. and love them and care about them. And all God's people can say amen. Amen. Listen, Brother Shelton, he did a lesson Saturday morning on, on men being men. And I'm thankful for that. Listen, we live in a day where we need some men. Come on, say amen, men. We need some godly men. Some men who will stand up and be godly leaders in our country today. Listen, that's where we're in trouble. And we need some men in our homes today to be men of God and lead our wives in a godly fashion. And if men, you will do that, what a godly wife, a godly wife will follow you. Yeah. But we've got to be tender about it. We can't, you know, put on a... You know, this facade that the world tries to throw at us and make, you know, well, if you're going to be a real man and you've got to just be mean-spirited and all, no, that's not what God said, you know. know, We've got to have the right attitude of forgiveness. There's got to be a a proper way to do that, and God gives that to us. Look at, look in uh, uh, verse 25. There's the action of forgiveness. I've got to just run through this really quick, so stay with me. There's five how-tos about uh, forgiveness and how to do it. Verse 25, it says, Speak every man truth with his neighbor. In other words, forgive honestly. The word truth means honesty or frankness. Forgiveness cannot take place unless the act is acknowledged and confessed. The principle here is 1 John 1, 9, that if we confess our sin, he, was, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It says if we confess our sin. It's not one of them things where we go to our spouse and say, well, you know, if, if I hurt your feelings, you know where I did it. Just please, for, no, wait a minute. What kind of confession is that? You know what you did. Man, listen, I'm telling you, if we make our wives mad at us, or vice versa, we know what happened. Right. We don't have to guess. Right. No, we don't. Listen, I'm telling you, so we need to confess it. If we said a gruff word, or if we did something that we ought not do. And if, listen, if you don't know what it is, ask. Amen. They'll tell you. Yeah. Oh, right, right. oh, no, now wait, no, wait a minute. It's, we're talking about out of Scripture. This is a biblical principle. Confess it. Forgiveness speaks truth about the offense. How many times have we heard somebody say, well, I'm, I'm sorry for any hurt my words or action may have caused. Now, wait a minute. That's the wrong attitude. Now, watch this. That puts the burden of forgiveness on the person who was hurt. Right, yeah. Amen. Forgive honestly. It means to be sincere about it. 
But by the way, remember, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. You know, forgive honestly. Forgive frequently. Remember, Paul is telling us to make sure all the conflicts you face are today's conflicts, not yesterday's. You know, we can't be living in the past. You know, how many, I, I mean, we live in a society that if we got something that's a really, you know, a real good, uh, you know, tool in our argument chest, I don't care if it happened 20 years ago. Yeah. I'm keeping it close. Oh, what did you say to me? Well, I remember 10 years ago when you, and we pull it out, and we start flicking it at them, and we start, no, wait a minute. That's in the past. We've got to stay in the present. We've got to take care of today's uh, conflicts today. Amen. Come on, we'll say amen. Yeah. Uh, the best example of forgiveness is found in Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 through 35. I'm not going to... I'm not going to go back and read all this, but you can read it. Listen, if, and it's talking about dealing with things as promptly as Paul says. Listen, if we don't do that, the issue's not going to go away. Uh, that's, what that's what marriages struggle with today. They, they have something that happened a week ago, and they've, they, they've let it go, and they've let it slide. And listen, and it's gotten worse, and it's gotten... Listen, the, the bitterness begins to well up inside the person. Listen, get the conflict right today. If you were hurt today, get it right today. Amen. Amen. But stay in the present. If you look here in Matthew 18, when... Peter asked about the limits of forgiveness. You know, sometimes we want there to be limits to forgiveness. Well, I've already forgiven Mark all about that. You know, I already forgave him like five times. And Peter says, Lord, how many times? Now watch this. Uh, and, and, well, I'll tell you about, this, that was, I'm thinking of two different things. But the Lord said 70 times 7, Peter, limitless. But now here, watch this. Here in Matthew 18, the, the Lord here is talking about a man who was uh, forgiven a debt that was greater than he could pay. Yeah. Are y'all still here? I mean, it was an insurmountable debt, and he was forgiven that debt. And, and so as soon as he's forgiven, he's all happy. And this guy over here owed him $10, and, and the guy that was forgiven the insurmountable debt goes over here and says, Hey, man, where's my $10? Well, man, I don't have $10. He, man, I'm just barely making it now. I've just, I just spent the last money I had on groceries. You know, inflation. Well, I want my $10. Yeah, come on. Where's my money? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. That's what's going on. Give me my money. I want it right now. Well, wait a minute. Well, then if you can't pay me, I'm going to have you thrown in jail. Well, that's pretty smart. How's he going to make the money to pay you back now? He's in jail. You see what anger does? We don't think right. So here's this guy who's owed $10 and he has the guy thrown in jail. And the Lord comes back, listen, and he punishes him for it. Listen, why? Because he has a wicked attitude. We live in a world today that wants our ounce of flesh. And if we're not careful, we, we extract that from our mate, the one that we're married to, our spouse, our loved ones. Come on, we can say Amen. Listen, if there's conflict going on, we've got to learn how to get that right. Yeah. Oh, well, so-and-so didn't shake my hand today, or they just walked right by me. Listen, they may be going through something in their life. You have no clue what they're going through. There may be something going on in their mind and their emotions, and they're oblivious. Listen, and, and we walk around with our, 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 our feelings on our shoulder just waiting for somebody to knock it off. 
Man, I've been, I've been in here all day and nobody said a thing to me. They just walked around me. I mean, Brother Lonnie, he hadn't said hello to me all morning. He's been here since Sunday school, since 938. <laughs> Amen? Now I'm mad. I am fired up. No, wait a minute. So what? Listen, we've got to learn to resolve conflict. Forgive frequently. Forgive freely. Look in verse 32. Forgiving one another. There's no condition to forgiveness. Forgiveness is not acceptance on a condition. Well, I'll forgive you if. Yeah. That's not what that means. We are to forgive fully. You remember, isn't there a verse about that or something said? I think it's, oh yeah, it's right here at the end of verse 32. Even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Huh. Do you know that God does not forgive most of your sins? You don't? He forgives all of them. Amen. I mean... But if God forgave us all of our sin, what right do we have to hold a grudge against a brother or against someone else? If we have forgive, been forgiven everything and, and somebody does something, I don't, you say, yeah, but preacher, you don't know what they did to me. It doesn't really matter, does it? Listen, the Lord Jesus Christ died and said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Listen, he forgave us all our sin. And there are some wicked people in the world today, yet the Lord Jesus Christ died as much for that person as he did for me and you this morning who are saved. So who are we to hold a grudge or have an unforgiving spirit? Forgive finally. Isaiah 43, 25. It says, I, even I, am he that blotteth out thy transgressions for mine own sake and will not remember thy sins. Amen. Yeah. When people say, well, I can forgive, but I can't forget. Then I, I just wrote this. Then, okay, just say, okay, just decide not to remember. Amen. Yeah. I mean, you can't erase what happened in the past, but you can choose not to keep it current. Listen. There's a lot of people, they will says, well, I forgive them. And then something comes up and they rewind the tape and they play it all over again. You know what that is? That is not forgiveness. Yeah. Uh, if it's forgiven, it's final. Listen, when the Lord Jesus Christ forgave us, it was final. Amen. Amen. Uh, I like what this writer said, and I'll give you this, I've got to quit. Uh, David Oxberger, he wrote a book on forgiveness, and he wrote this. He said, forgiveness is hard, especially in a marriage tense with past troubles and tormented by fears of rejection or humiliation. Forgiveness is hard. Forgiveness hurts, especially when it must be extended to a husband or wife who doesn't deserve it, who hasn't earned it or may misuse it. Uh, It hurts to forgive. And I say, yeah, it does. Forgiveness costs, especially in a marriage when it means expecting, or excuse me, especially when it means accepting instead of demanding repayment for the wrong, where it means releasing the other instead of exacting revenge, where it means reaching out in love instead of relinquishing resentments. It costs to forgive. 
But if you want a good marriage, then you must learn how to pay the cost. Yeah. You see, the Lord Jesus Christ, he's our example in all things. And he taught us how to forgive. He extended forgiveness to me and you and expects nothing in return. Yeah. We don't deserve it. Do we? No. I mean, it was an insurmountable debt, was it not? Yeah. But he paid the cost. He paid. He forgave, expecting nothing. He paid the cost. Did it hurt him to forgive? Absolutely it did. I'm not talking about the physical pain. I'm talking about the separation from God the Father. Yeah, it it, it hurt. It was hard. It was difficult. The devil tried to keep him from going to the cross, but he died on the cross for you and for me. And he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Can I encourage you today? Have a forgiving spirit. Not just today or tomorrow, but let's do it from now on. You know, if somebody wrongs us, say, you know what? I forgive them. But when you do, mean it. Because the devil will come back and going, hey, you know what they did to you? You didn't really mean it. You didn't really. Listen, be careful, man. They, They really did it. You know what you ought to say? Yeah, but I know, but I forgave them. And it's under the blood. Choose not to remember. Listen, that's what the, the Lord did for us. He said he removed our sin as far as the east is from the west and remembers them against us no more. If there's something going on today, I, I mean, this is a message that God had me preach. Maybe, maybe there's something going on in your life. You say, well, they're not here. Well, then I'd bring it down here and give it to the Lord. Take care of it. But whatever it is, God will help you today. Maybe you're here and you say, I don't know if I'm saved. Well, just like the two folks that got saved last week, listen, they left this place knowing that they were born again and their names were written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. I said, how do you know? And they said, both of them said, because I asked Jesus to come into my heart. Forgiveness. God help us this morning to be and have the attitude of forgiveness. Father, help us, Lord. God, it wasn't what I would call a barn burner kind of message, but it was the message that you wanted. Lord, I pray that you'd help us, Lord, to be a people, uh, Lord, where we um, have the attitude of forgiveness. And Lord, where in this place and in our homes, in our, our lives, Lord, even in our own attitudes, that Lord, there's that atmosphere of forgiveness. Lord, help us not to be as society demands and where we want to exact uh, vengeance or or exact our revenge on someone. God, help us this morning. Maybe there's someone here, Lord, that's not saved. I pray, God, they'll come. Maybe there's someone here, Lord, today that just needs to come and talk to you and say, Lord, I've just not been doing some of the things I know I need to do. And help us, Lord, not to be selfish, but help us, Lord, to come and just do business with you this morning. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. While we stand and while we sing a verse of invitation that the Lord speak into your heart, you come.
will save you, he will save you, he will save you now. Yes, Jesus is the truth, the way that leads you into rest. Believe in him without delay and you are fully blessed only trust him only trust him only trust him now he will save you he will save you he will save you now for Jesus shed his precious blood, rich blessings to be Plunge now into the crimson flood that washes white as snow. Only trust him, only trust him. Only trust him now. He will save you. He will save you. He will save you now. 